You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Why is this called Scream? I'm just asking. Like, I know they're trying to piggyback off of Halloween in 2018, but this is Scream 5, right? It's confusing to have this called Scream. I don't know if we're going to figure it out. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm constantly worrying about the sound issues on this show, but who cares? I guess I have to uh, not worry about it. Uh, if I wanted to worry about it more, then I, I, you'd think i put more of an effort into the production of this show. But until then, we're just going to keep on recording the one Skype call instead of individual channels. And uh, I get what I get. You know, is this related to the show? It, it isn't, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, going back to that before I bring Brandon in, I do want to say that I recently, I did, I guess started a podcast called, Hey, I like that game, uh, with, uh, Tony, who should be on here, Tony and Jake, who one, if not both will be on here for Uncharted when we do it, our video game movie, figure that we'd have the video game experts on. But if you wanted to hear me talk about a, a, something other than movies, or and maybe if you like games that are scary, just like Scream is. Um, then check it out. Hey, I like that game. Inscription. I, I gave them a, a shameless plug, and now we can bring Brandon in. Hi, yeah, fellas. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna feed. I'm gonna piggyback off Jordan there. Uh, I this movie failed uh, to do one cool marketing ploy, uh, and that's why not replace the S with a five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly. I mean, right come there. on. Thirteen nah. ghosts did it. Thirteen yeah. ghosts had the audacity to do it. Right. And you're going to sit here and tell me that you can't feed off of the brilliance that is 13 ghosts? No. No, yeah. Oh, Observation. And yes. uh, we, I did watch all of the other, the, the previous four movies before watching this one. So it was a uh, quite a journey. I enjoyed it. I've got I've got to take note though because around Scream Four is when I noticed it is that the A turned into a four at Scream Four. See? And Scream Four. And in this one, when the scream happened, the M, the uh, um, uh, went into like a stabbing type thing. And I don't know if all the other letters before had done some sort of fun action, but uh, maybe it's a thing. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Did uh, and for Scream Three, was the E replaced with a three? No, no. Wow. Now just a three. No. Before, uh, yeah, well, so before I even went into the theater to go see this, the, the fact that the S wasn't a five kind of already made me mad. I contemplated briefly about turning around. Well, I also found it funny that the poster said that the killer is on the poster. Oh, yeah? That, I was, a tag line. that was a tagline. It was a poster, and it oh. said the killer's in the poster. Well, uh, Brandon is here. For those of you who have not heard of Brandon in a long time, he is my brother. Of course, we all know I'm in Ohio, but Brandon is in Florida, and he's living a different life right now because he's not dealing with the blizzard like Eric and I are, but congratulations, Brandon. And Scream, Scream has been a big part of Brandon's in in my life. Uh, we watched Scream 1, 2, and 3. We watched the trilogy for years. We have uh, psychoanalyzed, no pun intended, everything that there has <laughs> to do with Scream. Um, and we come up with theories of our own theories, and we agree or disagree with fan theories. 
So that's why Brandon wanted to join us on this episode, just because this has been a big part of our lives ever since the very first one came out. And Dad scared living the hell out of us with it. And it has been something that uh, that we hold near and dear to our hearts. So he wanted to join tonight for this episode to see if we continue to like this franchise. So I've already said that Brandon and I like this franchise. I don't mean to speak for you, but Eric, is Scream a, a, a big franchise for you, like Brandon and I? Or are you kind of, eh, with it? Oh, well, sure. Scream is a big franchise. I mean, it something i grew up with i know all the characters you know what happens to it it's just one of those um ongoing pop culture things that you watch whether you like it or not just to stay in the loop it's it, we're, uh, lucky for me i do enjoy it it's just kind of like the fast and furious of horror movies where it just keeps on they just keep on finding a way it, all right so just, i'll ask you this then keep i'll ask going. you this i must brand the same question but i'll ask you this first besides scream one and not including this movie. So you got three movies to choose. Who is the best killers? Not Scream 1, not this one. Out of two, three, and four, which group of killers is your favorite? Eric. Oh, oh. Um, ooh. I know, I know, right? Because you got to think about that for a second. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I am thinking about it. And... I feel like whatever answer I give, I'm gonna second guess later on, and just like no, you know, soup, no salad, no soup. So I, I, I don't want to. Uh, How about knee, this? How about this? Why you knee think? Jerk, no, no, my knee jerk reply was three. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I actually agree with you on that. Three, I think, is better. Um, I always liked two. I always liked uh, Billy Loomis's mom as the killer. I thought it was great because she was kind of contradicting herself. She was like, Cindy, you killed my son, so I kill you. And it's like, but your son killed all these other kids. But uh, And then Mickey's whole thing of, I just want to have a trial. Like, no, I mean, like I like Scream 3 the best when it comes to the killer besides one. I agree with you, Eric, because it's um, – it's family drama. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. I'm just one killer. So yeah, Scream Three for me, Eric. I totally agree with you. What about you, Brandon? Besides uh, one this one. Yeah, I was gonna say Scream Three as well. Uh it's the only one uh in the franchise to have just one killer, actually. Um yeah. uh he has no partner. Other than, you know, he does make the relevant uh, revelation at the end that he was guiding Billy and Stu in the first one. Of course, but uh, and just the actual core of number three, he and he alone, Roman was his name. Um, I like that. And I liked that, you know, because even Randy laid out the rules in number three that, you know, oh, the killer in three is almost near superhuman. And I liked that he I like that Roman uh, definitely played to those uh, facilities, you know, and come to find out. Yeah, he was just wearing a bulletproof vest. But I don't know. It's he. He was definitely catering to the trilogy standards. A superhuman okay. bulletproof vest. Uh, I, let's stay on, yeah. <laughs> on Scream 5, though, actually. I want, and I'll ask you, Brandon, again, uh, assuming that, again, 1 through 4 is just common knowledge, you know everything there is to know about it. Going into 5, what are your expectations? What did you look up beforehand? How many trailers? How many times? What... Uh, forums if I, any did you stay in the dark like how i like to uh so i to to get prepared for a movie i only do just the bare minimum and that's just i check out a trailer or two um i don't go off and explore 
you know, forums or if any like early reviews, I try to stay away from that because I like to I like to be generally surprised, um, regardless if I walk out liking it or not. I like going in trying to decipher everything myself. So other than just a couple of trailers, that's as that's as far as I went. It, okay. And uh, how did it feel uh, kind of kind of starting this movie then? I mean, does it these all have a certain signature of how they start? Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like the opening of five, uh, the whole opening, I was kind of gripping my seat in excitement. I, I was like, OK, uh, because that's that's how you know what a spring movie is going to be, is how it sets the tone in the beginning. Um. So I liked that you kind of went back to the roots with Drew Barrymore a little bit in which the ghost face killer, like he, you know, tries to flirt and toy with the caller, uh, with the, the person on the other end uh, before transitioning into, you know, his maliciousness. I liked that. And then uh, I like that the ghost face kind of subverted the expectations. Like, you know, I like the fact that she right away was telling herself that, oh, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to just try to leave the house now. But boom, he was right there, ready to attack, and does attack her. Um, I like the fact, too, that the brutality of this, there were things that we haven't really seen before, like Ghostface Killer literally stomping down on her ankle and breaking it. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I, are they really going to now finally push the boundaries in terms of what justifies a slasher? Are we going to get more, like, are we going to finally see like just a very off-kiltered, brutal ghost face because we never really had that before so that opening made me excited yeah no i i totally agree with you on that like i was really excited because this is not for once in west craven's hands i mean this is totally out of his realm yeah, true. of course west craven passed away so we get other directors uh to get their own uh, thing uh i will say though the opening so this is where i think they fail right off the bat um i like the idea of the opening but I think ever since Scream 3, the openings have kind of been wishy-washy. Uh, if you're going to do a requel, which we're talking about a requel here, they take they, uh, as they say, you need to have an A-list celebrity actor, actress, biting it in the beginning, right? Because Drew Barrymore, nobody thought, right, that she would be the first victim. They needed a Drew Barrymore on this. Like, they yeah, needed to, like, like, yeah. Yeah, two had Jada Pinkett. Um, three, I, I, that's a thing Cotton. too. Like three had Cotton. Cotton, yeah, like to to immediately eliminate. He's not a main character, but he's definitely a, an important secondary character. Right, and right. to eliminate you him in that way, in that fashion, I agree with you, Jordan. I I think three kind of like kind of wrote, you know, rose the bar so high in terms of what makes for a great, amazing opening kill that I don't know if it could be topped unless you opened this one by killing Gale or Dewey. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, like you, you've got to kill one of the big three, maybe Cindy, Eric, what do you say? Do you agree with us on this one? Or do you like what they did with this CW actress from Dawson's Creek, essentially? I get what you they're know? trying to, to do with the requel thing. I, I guess going with one of the big three, that's, that's fine. That seems to be more fitting for an end kind of of the the franchise type thing the last of the movie where all of them are actually signing off and passing the torch as they had said already in the movie i could see it more that it was another big name separate from the movie but just another big celebrity or maybe someone that was uh shown in the previous 
kind of in you know, maybe like Randy's sister or one of the cops that were were in wasn't Anthony Anderson and uh, what's his name Brody in the fourth one? Well, like, yeah, and, and and Eric, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I don't know if you guys saw this in the movie or not. But um, but uh, Hayden Penitentiary, whatever her name is, she played Kirby in the fourth movie. Uh, when Richie was in bed halfway through the movie, he was looking up Ghostface stuff on YouTube. There's uh, there's a thumbnail video that says Survivor Kirby talks about the killings. Yeah. So the movie mm. says that she survived. So why not kill her? Yeah. You know, or yeah. That's I what, I've, what I have liked uh, is is not maybe one of the big three, but another big name uh, individually or uh, someone canon to the, the story. I agree yeah, with you. But, I, yeah. Definitely, because like, doesn't uh, the Friday the 13th franchise does that does, uh, in part two where Alice survives the first one, but then gets killed off immediately in the second one? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in that vein. Right, right. All right, so then what happens in this opening of Scream, uh, we get some modern stuff to where, you know, Ghostface is, is, is calling her, but then she's locking and unlocking uh, the doors with smart technology. That's cool. That's fine. But uh, Ghostface does something that hasn't happened before yet. Uh, the victim's not dead. We think she's dead, but then, boom, she's in a hospital. We get terror here. She's in a hospital, and she has a sister. A sister from out of town, and the sister, I don't have the stuff. What's the sister's name? Sam. Uh, Sam. Sam Carpenter. Sam Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and just spoil this now, because I just want to get this out in the open, because I think this is, a, this is a mulligan that the movie is asking us to accept, but I'm not accepting. Sarah, who is Tara's sister, we find out that she found out when she was a teenager that her mom had a diary and Sarah read the diary and confronted her mom because Sarah and Tara's dad is not Sarah's biological dad. Tell me about, tell me about her, Sam. Yeah, Sam. Her biological dad is Billy Loomis. So mm. Billy was, Billy had a side chick from, from uh, uh, Prescott, Sydney here. Like that's what they're telling us. Oh yeah, he did. You looking like yeah. Billy Loomis? You you he he added some side chicks. Right, not, Brandon. What do you think? You know this this franchise is near and dear to our heart. This is Billy Loomis's side chicks bastard offspring. Yeah, I I actually so when when Sam started having her first little bit of hallucinations of her father Billy. I was, well, you don't, the first hallucinations, you don't, you don't, it's not blatantly telling you that it's, you know, it's her father. But once it started happening, I kind of was starting to put two and two together. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I found my, whenever his hallucination would come on, uh, I, I found myself sort of just scoffing, rolling my eyes. I'm not a fan of it at all. It's weird. It's almost like, especially how it's filmed and shot, it's almost like it's trying to nullify his actions uh, in the first movie. And it's like, but you, you can't do that without having, if, if that was going to be, and granted, like Scream is not an MCU type of franchise. You know, when Scream 1 was made, they weren't like, oh, we're going we're gonna to build the Scream verse. Um, so... Obviously, like after making Scream One, there was no preconceived plans to have. Oh, 
this long course of time, we're going to redeem Billy for actions that we're going to learn with each film. Um, so then to just come out of the blue with this revelation that, oh, he was seeing someone aside from Sydney, had a child. Uh, and then just again, like how it was all the times they were showing him, he was like, especially at the end, like he smiled and gave her a wink, like, good job, you know, almost like a very Anakin moment, Anakin's ghost reappearing. Um, it just came without a reason too. Like, we don't know why this character would have visions like that. Was she traumatized from something? She obviously never knew her father. Yeah, I, precisely. It, it's the history seems clouded. I I don't understand a whole lot of it. Uh, why is he wearing the same outfit that he died in? <laughs> well, no, he, he I mean he died in right. I mean he got stabbed. Yeah, he got I, well, I get <laughs> it, but but is she? Does she have temptations of of stabbing like? The yeah, ICT song says, like, I, what, yeah. I don't know what is happening, or why she is so conflicted. They built it up. I don't know what other reason for other than misdirection, just just horribly so. Right. And yeah, what's weird is, it. like, it's the, the hallucinations are done digitally, of course. So, uh, like, you made the point, Jordan, that he's he's still wearing the clothes in which he died in. So if it's already a digital sort of tool that you're using... Why not just have a digital rendering of his young self? Like that makes it, it like because then how does she know what her dad actually even looks like at that age? Because they right. they they kept him at the same age that he is now, and he's in his fifties. Right, so he no. was like wrinkly yeah. and old, and and every time she saw him, was like how is she? How does she know that? How does she know to even put that image together? Right. No, I mean the the only thing because I sat here and 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 I digest this when this happened, and I was like, okay, all right, let's let's. Jordan, take your back, take your mind back to that time in Scream One, and Billy desperately was trying to have sex with Cindy in the first movie. So for him to have a bastard child, I mean, I guess it makes sense because then that's telling us that he was banging other chicks on the side. But we don't know who the chick is, and that's kind of what's upsetting is that we never get the name of the mom, and I don't think she was a character in the first movie because we never saw it. So it's like. I mean, it's, it's it's weird how this planned out, but things are going to get weirder as mm -hmm. as we continue. It's 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 crazy. But so Sam has her sister Tara. She finds out that Tara survived the ghost face killing, so she goes to the hospital. See, she has a boyfriend named Richie, who's never heard of the stab stab franchise. Who they've been dating for six months. They travel to Woodsboro, and then we get our cast of characters, our ten little Indians. None of them are familiar to me at all. Besides the main dude from 13 Reasons Why and his beautiful late 90s uh, blonde tip highlights. I loved it. Uh, 13 that's, Reasons Why guy. That's Wes. Yes, that is Wes. Uh, we all know why his name is Wes. They're not creative anymore on this franchise. I mean, his name is Wes to pay honor, I guess. But um, yeah, no, we get our little cast of Indian And also we get these twins. Okay, so these twins are Randy's cousins? Uh, niece and nephew. Niece and nephew. So that's what's happening in Scream 5 now. It's a lot of niece and nephews. And uh, that, Eric, I'll go with, I, I, will, I will ask you first because I asked Brent the last question here. Do we like where Scream 5 is going here with these nieces and nephews and the torture? What do you think about this, Eric? I That is 
actually canon because they brought back Heather, uh, oh, whatever her last From the name third is. one. Martha Meeks. Oh, uh, Matarazzo? Is that her yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, Matarazzo. Heather Matarazzo. From uh, the second and the, th oh, yeah, from the third one. Uh, so they brought her back, which is fun for uh, the, the Scream Elites. So yeah, it makes sense, right? It like it all it all falls. Does that it? that does uh, that his sister that she a character was introduced two movies ago had two kids, two beautiful biracial children. Yeah, I I don't understand why that's hard to <laughs> not hard to believe. No, it's it's not that hard. It's just like they're just like Randy, and it's like this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it was cool to see her in it, but 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 then though. I don't think you answered my question. It's just like, do we as the audience, as fans of the Scream franchise, do we like now as the fifth one, now the people that are being targeted are nieces and nephews I mean, and cousins? It's, it's I a mean, short toss, don't you think, Jordan? I mean, it's easy for the for the viewer to follow along of what's happening here and what character is playing what role in in that regard. It's not they're not asking a whole lot here. Well, just remake yeah, and, it, right? Go ahead, Brian. No, I was just to uh, because I, I agree with Eric and to feed off of him. Like it's, I mean, the, the whole like family dynamic has been going on since three. If you think about it, you know, like have the revelation that her brother is the killer, and then the revelation that in four that uh, it was her niece, right? Am I correct? That wow. ends up being the killer in four. So like the family dynamic has, you know, it's. It's just I look at I look at your question and I view it as just a continuation of three and four. It was a cousin, it's, cousin and four. It was a cousin. It was a niece. The point is that she wanted to be famous like Cindy, and I'm sitting here as the lone wolf saying I don't like that. I don't like that one of our main characters is the bastard child of Billy. I don't like that we have another character who we're going to talk about next soon. Is the is the uh, cousin or whatever of of Stu from the bar? I don't like that we get the Meeks siblings. I, I mean, like if you're going to do a recall, rot, why have all of these family dynamic characters? Just have two crazy high school kids like the first one have their stupid motive, and let's get some killings. I I, I, I just don't know why we have to go through this. I was shocked. That somebody who 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 died was not related to Henry Winkler in some way. You know what I mean? Like they're just trying to connect these stupid you, dots. You for no say reason. that you say that for no reason, but then I'm going to replay this bit of the podcast for you when Scream Seven comes out. When six, <laughs> seven, when Scream Six and Seven come out, and we and we're reviewing both of those movies because that's why because they're building up some some world and they're introducing some characters and showing you who's relevant and who isn't maybe they'll right. bring in uh the Carpenter family again but bring it because they both survived and so it's that, like, oh, that, that can't happen you know right <laughs> so i joked earlier about you know like they started making the movies not not having the idea of a scream verse in mind well we we're now getting it jordan that's the yeah. thing like so i we think we are <laughs> everything has to have like this extended 30 episode soap opera 
you know, sort of narrative. Um, because how five ended is definitely going to lead into actions to come and however many more movies they're going to make of this. Right, which 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 I am the guy that's sitting here saying enough. But look into another kill because there's not a lot of kills in this movie. So we get this creepy guy who was following one of the major kids. Uh, he's like this creepy guy driving this 1970s car. Uh, Vince, Vince, is that his name? The character name or the, the actor? character? The character name. Uh, uh, I'm not familiar with. I can't remember the character name, but I know the um, the actor is Kyle Gallner. What's or that? Uh, uh, yeah, Vince. Sorry, uh, Vince. I, I was looking at just. We're talking about how how we're appalled about it being just extending of universes, and I, I'm looking up about Jurassic World Dominion. The, this is just. <laughs> Eric, Eric is Brandon. For you not knowing, for fans who this might be some of your newest episodes you listen to, uh, Jurassic World trilogy is something you want to listen to because Eric loses his mind. Um, <laughs> but 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 Vince, we find out uh, he's trying to hit on or he's an ex boyfriend of somebody in the group. He stalks him at a bar. We also get uh, Tara's friend Amber here. And Ghostface kills this guy. We find out that this guy is the nephew of Stu. Again, why? Why <laughs> have this guy be the nephew of Stu? Can't he just be a, a drunken, angry boyfriend and just get killed? I, 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 I will say this because I'm not trying to show my hand right off the bat, but I will say this. So the one thing that I do actually love about this movie a lot, just for the scream verse, if you want to call that, Brandon, is mm -hmm. this is the most brutal you said it this is the most brutal ghost face has ever been and i'm really enjoying uh the kills that happen in this but why kill this guy eric i'll go with you first why why kill this guy why i know snap you i i think maybe you just had a bunch of maybe some disconnected studio person trying to connect a whole lot of dots and just making it you know, oh, well, we need a bunch of bodies. Oh, well, wouldn't it be fun if each of the bodies also were a callback to the you know, the extended weird? It's like, no, it wouldn't be. But at the same part, you need bodies. And one thing that Scream also, because of you, Jordan, uh, I've noticed that Scream does is, is like to pay tribute or homage to a lot of these other old classics. So this one, could you tell what horror movie that this was taking cut of? Tell me. Christine, for sure. Like oh, the the, yeah. the dude going in front of the brick wall and he's got the headlights in front of him, the this that engine revving in front of him. It, and then uh, red right hand was playing. Yeah, it was it was real cool. Like I, I had a nice little flashback to that. And they they've done a few more throughout the movie. Just nice little, you know, tips to to old horror films. That was cool. I like that one. Well, not not a not a brutal kill, but a bloody kill. Ghostface just slits the throat. Brandon, what do you think about this kill? Um, again, I'm okay with it. It it was rushed. I, I think uh, you know the filmmakers got to the point where they realized they were dragging ass, and it's oh yeah, it's a slasher. We got to have a kill. I that's I think that's probably one of my biggest complaints too is that there's there's not a lot of room for those for these characters to grow to kind of like rally behind or get behind like how it was in one, two and pretty much three as well. Actually all four of them, all first four, you can, there's a lot of motivations in which to stand behind why certain characters do certain things here. It just felt like, um, a lot of exposition dumps 
um, let's just do this and let's just get this out of the way so we can just get to the final set piece. You know, it's they had, I think when they were writing or at least outlining, mapping out this movie, they were like, oh, we definitely want it to go. We want to go back to Stu Mocker's house. We want it in there. That's their final set piece. That's what they were waiting to gush over. Uh, but all this other, you know, crap, we'll, we'll just do what we have. We'll, we'll, we'll make it serviceable, just serviceable, uh, serviceable enough to get to the end and have our final set piece. Um, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. I, uh, I, again, like, I, I, I thought the kill was cool. I thought it was okay, but it did come out of nowhere. It was a little hasty. We didn't really get an, a chance to learn why Vince is a dick, why he's just hanging out outside of the high school other than just the fact that they used to date uh live i think's her name um so i don't know I, I the way i chalk it up to be he's just fodder he's just uh, he's one of those guys like henry yeah he's like henry winkler you okay. know there was really no reason for henry winkler's character to die in the first one but we need a kill yeah, we um, need a kill. yeah. there's no reason for the cameraman uh to get killed but he's just happens to be wrong place wrong time um so but what that's we how need. i kind of looked at it what we need, though, is the OGs coming back. We get Courtney Cox. We also get uh, Neff Campbell and David Arquette coming back again for the fifth time. Uh, Cindy's kind of playing the Jamie Lee Curtis role, right? Um, because what happens the scene before that is they go to David Arquette's house, Dewey, and he's in a trailer. He, he kind of reminds me of the character from Stranger Things, the cop, you know, just drunk, mm-hmm. not care. Oh, looking at a character. Yeah, it reminds me of him. And he doesn't want to get involved. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he had Tatum's ashes above his mantle from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. Fuck off. You know, this, this, the standard stuff. Um, and then eventually he changes his mind. He calls Cindy. Uh, so, Eric, you haven't said anything in a little bit. Do you like how Cindy's playing the Jamie Lee Curtis 2018 role of the killer's not really interested in the OGs? So why not, right? I mean, like, do you like that Cindy's in this? Do we, do we need to have these OGs in here? So I'll go with you first, Eric. What do you I, think? I think you, you're you when you say Cindy, you mean Sydney? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, tomato. tomato. They, <laughs> they got a point, but at the same part, like, they have responsibility for some reason more than the Woodsboro Police Department does. Yeah, it is, which is just crazy to me that Sheriff Judy Hicks has not stepped her game up here in Woodsboro as if to think like every year, hey, maybe we should lock this down extra tight because we don't want this happening again because it does seem to happen. And they don't take pranks seriously either. It's ridiculous that they have to wait for the vigilantes of Sidney Prescott and Gail Weathers to come in and, and defeat the... the uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. There was right a few times. Hold on. There was a few times in this movie. I'm. I'm. I'm have to rewatch it. But where Ghostface actually like ducks away from the cops, like sirens, headlights in in view in the field, and he just rolls out. And and that's it. Oh. You know, I almost hear like a like a dastardly laugh too as he does it too. Just something, just you know, oh, you'll never catch me, and he just runs away. It's like, are you serious? Like, just all two of you, all two of the on-duty officers couldn't catch that one. 
it's good. I'm, I'm done. You seem frustrated, Eric. You seem frustrated. Well, it's like give me give me a little something, you know. Like if it's right. you know, it's like is it really that easy to kill the neighbor of of the person? It's again in this movie franchise. Well, I I get it, but okay, so fine. I guess we'll talk about that. So we get my favorite kill in the whole movie. I think it was staged well. We get introduced to uh, uh, to Deputy Dewey uh, Judy, who is now uh, the sheriff, and she's a son, the Thirteen Reasons Why guy. And uh, Ghostface calls her why she goes uh, to do something, and we think Ghostface is going to kill her son, and we're like, oh my god, son's taking a shower. He's so gonna bite it. Judy comes back to the house to save the day, and out of nowhere, in broad daylight, like Ghostface comes out of the bushes, literally, and just brutally stabs the shit out of her. Again, this movie's brutal. I love it. Mm. And then, and then we get the thirteen reasons why guy. Ghostface does his stalking nonsense. He gets it. What I love about this movie, because this is about the kills, is never once has it ever happened in a screw movie where Ghostface goes for the kill. And then uh, there's the struggle, right? And then Ghostface puts his hand on the uh, back of the knife to push in farther. And we slowly get the kill through the side of the neck. And the 13 reasons why guys like, right? Yeah. Awesome. That whole segment was great. Brandon, do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me that this Judy and her son kill was really good? I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, to me, I... I th- I found it to be the highlight of the movie. Actually, I found it to be more, uh, more tangible, more uh, emotionally engaging than even the finale. Uh, the death of Judy, the sheriff Judy and her son. You know, especially the whole. I love the. I love that the even the sound cues in the camera tricks us several times before Ghostface jumps out and gets us. Like that whole sequence to me, I thought was, for me anyway, it looked like that's where the most time was spent. Just. Uh, it's construction, it's conceptualization. Um, that is where, like, because the movie was losing me. But then we got to that part, and I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, why not just focus all of the energy that you've put into this moment, just put it into the movie now? And I don't know. To me, that was the highlight. That that was better than even the finale. Uh, Eric, same question. How about you? Do you agree with Brandon and I that this is the highlight, that this was really good and staged well? Oh yeah, it Ghostface really likes the neck in this movie. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That is something that is pretty constant. It's a lot of neck kills, a lot of neck stabs, a lot of just quick, boom, boom, in and out, right through the neck with that big old knife. And this one was pretty good. That scream right before the knife went through was pretty good too. So yeah, uh, yeah, that that kill is definitely gonna stick with you for a bit. So I have an issue. So in the very, very first Scream movie, we know that it's the killers are Billy and Stu. And we know why they have the plan that they do. They want to they, – they killed Cindy's mom a year prior. So now we're going to do this whole big thing to kill Cindy at the end because she's the virgin last girl. So there was always that big question of why is Ghostface in Cindy's house in the very first movie? <laughs> Sydney. 
Whatever. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Sydney. Dude. You I'm keep on saying Just to piss you off. Just to piss you off, I'm going to say it the, the way I say now the rest of the movie. Just to make you mad. Uh-huh. But anyway, Sydney. Are you happy? Thank you. But anywho, God forbid. Uh, it's like chiefs or chefs, right? Who cares? Yeah. Is, so, hold on. Is that really a huge ass to, to ask that you call the character by their name? <laughs> I thought I'm saying it correctly, so just go with me on this part. You are turning so, into an over-the-hill parent, Jordan. Just calling well, my, somebody my by their kind hurts. of name. Yeah, it does. So anyway, so we all know that didn't make sense in the movie, right? Like, why go after her in the beginning when you're trying to save her for the end? So that happens again in this movie. And what I mean by that is we know who the killers are. We're not going to say it right now. But uh, we get Sam in the hospital visiting Tara. She has an hallucination of Billy. And then out of nowhere, Ghostface attacks her. Like, like, why? And one of the things my wife kept on saying, which she's correct. Eric, I'll let you go on first of this one. Where are the hospital people? I mean, she, she, there's no doctors. There's no cops. Like, Tara just survived a Ghostface killing. And, like, Sarah's being attacked by Ghostface? Like, this is brings me back to the, what happened in the beginning of the first one. Do you agree, Eric? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's not even any other patients in that hospital. Let That's alone staff. Yeah. yeah, there's there's right. nobody in there. So you put this person into a protected wing and then you don't protect them at all. It, it just seemed really re- ridiculous. But I guess a typical trope in these types of, of movies. Brandon, is this not the only movie this has happened in? Why does this keep on happening in screen? Um, I think it's... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, because you had mentioned that there is definitely a connection to Christine, which is a, a, a Carpenter film. And I kind of look at that whole instance of why there was no, why there were no hospital personnel around, really. I, I the whole time that was happening, I, it kind of brought me back to, even though Carpenter wasn't directly involved, he did write Halloween 2, which takes place in a hospital that's pretty much desolate when everything's going down. But I also contribute that to just probably being small town, like, you know what I mean? Small town hospital that the staff probably isn't as prominent as you would see in a city hospital. Not saying that that's like a good answer, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just one of those. It's just one of those easy things for filmmakers to be like, okay, we're, you know, because you typically if you find yourself in a hospital, you're like, OK, this is where safety is going to be. This is where I'm going to get help. I'm going to be healed. This is where it's I can be healed here. But then to have everything go down in a hospital setting. I don't know. It's a nice juxtaposition, I think, to the idea of safety. But when you're actually not safe. Uh, so it's it, now is it ridiculous that, you know, like no one's no personnel is is wandering around or at least checking in on her because she is a special case. Absolutely. But I think that's just a trope you get used to in, in horror movies like this. And I, but well, I made the immediate connection to like Halloween too. Yeah. Well, we, we can accept it. Are we to also accept that uh, Woodsboro is Plymouth, Michigan. Did they film us in Plymouth? Scream four was right. Scream four was filmed in Ann Arbor. I was no, there. No, no, that was set. Well, um, bits of it probably, but it was also Plymouth, Michigan. Okay. No, I don't know where this one was filmed. Um, so let's go back to the hospital set, and Dewey comes back. Boom, I'm Dewey. Here I go to save the day. 
and Ghostface is at the hospital. We get the big chase, right? Sarah and Tara trying to save each other. Eh. And then all of a sudden, Sam. Dewey, Sam, Sam, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's my theme tonight. I'm going to fuck up the names. I don't care. So, um, so then uh, Dewey uh, has the heroic moment of, no, I'm going to make sure Ghostface is dead because in the scene prior, he, he shot Ghostface multiple times, bulletproof vest, and he goes, Dewey is dead. Ghostface kills Dewey. Brandon, this is, uh, I won't go with you first because this is a big franchise for us. How do you feel about Dewey biting it? Dewey's dead. Uh, see, here's the thing. Everything leading up to Dewey's death was I, the movie was losing me by the minute. So by the time it got to a death that's supposed to be viewed as important uh, and catastrophic, you know, kind of didn't impact me. And I think it was just because at that point I was just I literally by the by the time we got to that death, I was asking myself, is the movie almost done? Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> it's just, I, I didn't care at that point. When you, again, like, so, the thing that annoyed me the most with this movie, and then I'm not saying that, because Scream is all about meta commentary, right? It, it's, that's, it, it drives itself on that, but it doesn't let it take the driver's seat. And I think that's the thing, like whatever message or overall goal that you're wanting to achieve in your story, whatever it happens to be, make sure uh, that it never takes the driver's seat. And the meta commentary in one through four never did that. Characters took the driver's seat. We rallied behind the characters, understood their motivations, why they are, why they are. Um, but here it's like, that's where it, it hurt me the most. That's where I think it hurt the movie the most. It's like, however close, if you're going to use meta commentary, however close you want it to be, like you can, you can let it, you know, ride shotgun with you. You can let it sit in the back seat with the kids. You can even put it on the bike rack for all I care. Like wherever you're wanting to put it in this car metaf metaphor that I'm trying to use, is but nevertheless, characters have to drive first because you know we need to experience that road trip together with them. Um, every journey is different, and you want your audience to understand the trials and tribulations of that journey. So when the movie just all it cared about was just exposition dump, exposition dump, this, 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 and this, and then going through the whole ordeal of the requel uh, explanation, like that's precious time that you could be dedicating to these characters and building up red herrings even more. But instead you're trying to be smart. Um, and I, it, to me, it just, it was an eye rolling scenario. So by the time I even got to Dewey, I was just, I was exhausted to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it for me too. Like for somebody who has seen this franchise since it first came out in 1996, you would think that I would be watching this movie and it, at the edge of my seat, crying. Right? No, Dewey. No, you know, like I mean, this is a guy who survived the four films. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this 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 should affect me. Like for somebody who is as big in this franchise as I am, and, and you are, Brandon. And it's quite interesting that you and I share the same. Um, feelings about this because it's like i don't care which i should care eric how about you do you care do you not care that dewey gets it oh of of course you, you there's a part of me that goes oh no dewey <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it huh well you know it's acknowledging that what's happening is that the death of a character but at the same part no you you, you kind of 
were expecting something to happen. You wanted you wanted a big kill almost at this point. And mm-hmm. whether it be one of the three, I didn't think it was going to be Sydney. No. I I felt like it would have been Dewey just because if I feel like Gil Weathers, like Courtney Cox would be like, no, it's in my contract that I, I, I get no blood nowhere on me, nowhere near this face. And yeah, it's, it's that just feels kind of like that, even though she did get shot and got blood in her gut, but whatever, that's on her gut, you know, that's a shirt, you just take that off. Well, but, and then, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean if you had more to say, I'm sorry. No, that's that's it's basically just, just kind of it, 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 this is. It's okay. It was nice that at least the killer that Ghostface uh, leaned in and said that it's an honor. So it, to have these people be celebrities in their world is is fun because as you, we're the viewer and it's we view them the same way that they view them. So to mm-hmm. say that for the Ghostface to lean in and say it's an honor, it's almost like for us to say goodbye. It was it's good as you're going to get. Yeah. And see, that's, that's what was unfortunate. You know, I feel like what would have made Dewey's kill more, uh, I don't know, I think more memorable, or at least if you're going to if care about that is you have to, you have to have him motivated uh, to get to that point. And what I mean by that is that he, when Sam and Richie showed up asking for his help, he turned them down, which rightfully so. Uh, so, like he, no one in their right mind who's been through what Dewey's been through would want to get back into it. But there needs to be a motivation uh, for Dewey to want to help, and it, it even took Sydney to tell him, like, "Hey, you know, like you, it's you have to watch out for them. They need your help." So even then, like he was co- he he had to be coerced into just doing it. He didn't do it out of his own volition. And I think how maybe you do this is, again, I think you start off by having, even if someone is as minor as Judy, Sheriff Judy, as you guys had mentioned earlier, her being killed first. Even though Gail is still the love of his life, he respected Sheriff Judy, as we saw that dynamic clearly in number four. So then there's his motivation to be like, oh, my gosh, this is like, people in my life have always been affected, of course. But this is just going to keep going and going. And the people in my life are going to keep dying unless I actually finally get up and do something. So then there's your motivation. So if right out of the gate, if you're having Dewey just simply, you know, guns locked, loaded, you know, I'm I got a feeling I'm probably going to die this time. But if I can die knowing I can save others and try to put a stop to this completely, there is a reason to care about his death thing. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And that's where the movie should have gone, but it didn't. But the movie goes someplace else. Uh, I know we're skimping some stuff because we want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. Uh, we are back to the same set as the first movie. We're back to Stu's house. Oh, my God. I had a smile on my face as the Joker, right? I mean, to see Stu's house again. <laughs> This is cool. Like, this is really cool. What a great idea. I never thought about coming back here. But here we are. We find out that it's Amber's house, one of Tara's friends, and we're having a big party because of whose death? Uh, Wes's death. They're there partying because of Wes's death. Everybody's here partying. Ghostface is here. We're ready to reveal the killers. Cindy's back with Gail. Let's go ahead and, re- and let's go ahead and talk about who the killers are, what their motivations are, because that's a big chunk at the end. 
Uh, we get a lot of callbacks, you know, like, you know, the garage scene and what have you. Everything looked great, by the way. I will, I will give the uh, filmmakers credit for that, is that this looked like literally like they haven't touched the set since 1996. I mean, like, this looks like legit. So I was happy with that. But we find out that the killers are Amber, Tara's friend, and Richie, Sarah's boyfriend. So their motivations are, Eric, I'll ask you, what are their motivations? They met each other on Reddit, and they're both stab fans, and Amber finds out that she that her family bought Stu's house, so she's obsessed, and they want to recreate Scream 1, stab 1. Like, is that the motivation? Yeah, I, I think that's what it was, is that their legacy is to be the people to restart the franchise. Bad. The right the the right way, I guess. I, I don't know. Bad. Bad. <laughs> you see, like, the, right there, like, I would argue, I would argue, besides Scream 3, because I asked you guys early in the podcast, right? But I would argue that not a single killer from Scream 2 to 4, including this one now, has not had a good motive. Billy had a good motive. Your, he says, your slut mother is sleeping with my father, and that's why my mom left and abandoned me. So I kill your mom. I kill our friends to lead up to the anniversary, and I have Stu as my accomplice, my backup, so if I get caught, things still go. That makes sense, but we get the second one where it's a guy who wants to be in a trial. We get Billy's mom. We get the third one, her sister. We get the fourth one, her relative that's like, I want to be famous like you, and now we get this one where it's like, I met this dude on Reddit, and I want to recreate. I, I, Eric, I don't like this. This doesn't make sense to me, man. Yeah, I, I, there's not much else you could do. I mean, as far as motivation-wise, is this. You could do something with Stu's family. That That's fine. You can't do Stu. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry you, you, you can't. You, if you introduce him, everyone's going to know who he is, one. Two, if Ghostface is fucking six foot six, you're going to be able to, you know, just say, oh, that's Stu. It's like, yeah. yeah, but Stu needs to be in this one. Brandon, you and I have said when this movie first started production that Stu has to be in this somehow. Go with the movie guy's theme. No body, no death. All we saw was a TV fall on him. We don't know if he's actually dead. Are you upset? Do you, A, are you upset? And B, do you like these motivations for these killers? Uh, No, I'm not upset. Uh, because, I mean... Again, it's 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 one of those things where, uh, like I had said earlier, that so much of what the of what the movie was doing and just how it was losing me uh, with just poor storytelling leading up to this point. That again, by the time we got to the two killers, I, I do have to say I I agree on the motivations. I thought were awful. It, <laughs> we're mad that no one is doing our favorite movie right. So we're going to recreate everything and make sure it's right. Uh, that just <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the, the meta commentary. Like when you're letting that be the driving force, 
uh, okay. It's almost like you're, they're winking so hard at the camera that you can hear the damn winks. Okay. And, well, so, okay. Well, on that, that's though, what I'm getting upset with. Okay. So on that though, do you think it was clever writing or bad writing that they said, Hey, the eighth stab was directed by Ryan Johnson and he fucked the entire franchise. That was, that was the quote. So Eric, I'll ask you first on this. We all know what they're referencing. We reviewed that movie, Eric of last oh, Jedi. Oh yeah. Do you, do you like that? Or, or do you think that's just like, Oh really? I mean, what's your opinion on that one? I mean, it's, it's not the first time they've had comments about other movies before. So they're, they're going to have their opinion. I, I just, I agree with Brandon. I, I, I roll at a lot of the comments that they make. It just seems like, okay, hurry up. Let's get to the, the next kill here already. Get to, get to more Gale doing Gale stuff or get to more Sydney doing Sydney stuff. Like hurry it up. It, it, they make these comments sometimes and it's just like, okay, well that's cute. You could have done character building, but instead you threw in jokes you threw in meta jokes. You yeah. could have threw in, you know, something to to develop something, the the plot, character, story, situation, an excuse for why someone or something happened. It you anything, but this this happened instead, and it's again it's fine because the, it doesn't take itself seriously because of that. It stays in its little realm and little world of of absurdity, where it in in like non sequitur, you know, where it's it's mm. we're 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 funny, but we're serious, but we're not. This is actually a mm -hmm. horror movie, and we'll people do get killed, but oh my god, look at me! I'm running away. Look at me! I'm wearing a white tank top, a white t-shirt. So. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, like, I just, I just remember a time uh, before we get our popcorn ratings. I just remember a time uh, where I was excited to see who the killers were. Like, oh my God, who's the killer? Who's the killer? You know. And I remember having fun trying to figure it out and knowing that it's these two. Uh, two times now, Scream Four, Scream Five, we have uh, a, a, a female killer where you look at her and you know that that girl ain't a killer. I mean, stuff, especially when you like look at this movie again and digest the stuff that Ghostface has done. Like, I mean, she Five takes a two, beating. 90 yeah, pounds. I, I, I just, I, 100%, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it Kills doesn't make Dewey. sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, too, like, I, I, to go back to that, to the meta commentary real quick, I think what, why it's so eye rolling for us here is that in one through four, that commentary was happening organically, right? Whereas here, where they're literally stopping the plot, stopping the, the story to sit down and tell us why the Babadook and why the witch are better movies. And then it's like, why are you going to do that to yourself? Because you're just making me want to go watch better movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, think about how... Uh, Think about how even in the first one, when I when I said how though that commentary was implemented organically, um, where you know Billy is in uh, Sydney's room in the beginning and he's like, you know, I was at home watching The Exorcist, thinking about us. Like that's how you could still reference something, but it's it's him not just name dropping a movie to name drop it. It's him name dropping it because then it definitely uh, you know 
sort of connected to this idea that the relationship is in tangles. It's edited. Um, so then that's why it works. It's not just, they never once does the movie slow down and Billy's like, let me just tell you why I was watching the exorcist and why it's a better movie and why I think it connects to our relationship and why our relationship sucks. And then that's what screen five was doing. It just slowed everything down to tell us, Hey, these are all these smart horror movies that we want to mention and name drop. Um, and again, like that's, you can't do that. You have to fashion your satire in you have to let satire be a part of the story not let it be its own thing that's an interesting point such a point so let's get into your popcorn ratings then so eric what will be your popcorn rating for scream well five but scream um you know i think i'm gonna go with with the medium i still had fun like, I still enjoyed the movie, as silly as it was, as predictable as it would be, um, as as dumb as other parts of it, of it was. It's, uh, it's a bummer that Dewey died. I enjoyed laughing at him, for the most part, especially <laughs> with him like limping into scenes. <laughs> or whenever he'd be carted out on a stretcher, I'd always laugh. Uh, I, just, I just like Dewey. Uh, Dewey can shoot. Oh man, my boy's been to the range, and he can, you know, he's he's he's, he's ace. He called it too. He as soon as he saw the the kids, he's just like, look at the love interest. He's like, look yeah. at that. He's like that kid right there. <laughs> he called it right from the beginning, so he's been around. It's gonna be a bummer not seeing him in these in these movies anymore. Um, I I think unless it comes back as a holograph, like a like a holographic image. Yeah, maybe like a yeah, a videotape or a voicemail or a video. His TikTok, his video, uh, YouTube channel takes off. Uh, I think it's it's more like what I said before is that I'm starting to just have fun with the, with the craziness of the movie. It's becoming a Fast and Furious for me, to where I'm now challenging the makers. Being okay, fine. There's no way you can make a sixth. Hear me now, because I know that because they, they all listen. They all subscribe and pay. <laughs> they pay me money, not you, Jordan. But yeah, they, I, I believe that. And I, I, what I, what I'm saying is, no. What I'm challenging is, I dare you, I dare you to make a scream six. Oof. That's in a medium bag. Okay. I actually am, 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 am kind of kicking myself because I, I watched the movie twice. And the first time I saw it, I had a different reaction to what I have the second time I saw it. And I, I'm also myself giving this a medium bag, and I'm kicking myself that I'm giving a medium bag because it shouldn't be. I mean, this movie's really not good. Uh, but the kills are actually pretty fun, and that's what I'm here to see. I am here, when I go to see a Scream movie, I'm here to see the kills, and I'm here to see who done it. Right. That's what I care about. Absolutely. I don't care. I, I, I don't care about the side characters. I don't care about their plots. I don't care about Cindy's mom being a whore in Hollywood. I don't care. I'm here for the kills. And I'm here for the reveal. And I don't like the reveal of this movie, but my God, the setting of it being in Stu's house was really fun for me. And I really like how brutal Ghostface was. I, I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, I'm giving it a medium bag just because it's a scream movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Like if this was a, a, you know, like a don't breathe, this would be like small or no bag. Like we reviewed that earlier last this last year. So what I mean by that is I know what I'm getting myself into. So therefore, that's why uh, I'm not so upset. I do like some of the ideas. Um, I hope there's not a Scream 6. There will be a Scream 6. It will continue because this movie was number one for like two weeks. It beat Spider-Man. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, the medium bag for what the movie did. I'm not happy with it. I'm not going to go back and watch it, but a medium bag. So, Brandon, what is your popcorn rating for Scream 5? Um, so I, I, it definitely doesn't deserve a no bag because there there is plenty – because, well – I would look at a no bag as like a movie that I absolutely despised and it, it takes a lot. And I mean, it takes a lot for me to truly hate a movie. There's always some facet or some aspect of the movie that I enjoy. And there, there are things about it that I do enjoy. So I, but I'm going to go with a small bag actually. Wow. Um, I don't know. I, it's yeah, I agree with you, Jordan. Like you don't go to, you don't go into a screen movie uh, thinking it's going to be an art piece um but at the same time i think what's what one through four did well was that it delivered a genuine mystery i, I like the mystery angle of trying to figure out who's who and why is it being done and i mean you know it, and i think too that there was a certain sort of homage to giallo films uh especially like one through th one through three was definitely honoring that you know the whole italian slasher the killer is masked, always wearing black gloves, and the red herrings are through the roof. And, and that's what I really loved. That, to me, almost became like staples of a screen movie. But then this one sort of just, again, kind of like didn't do that. But at the same time, I understand why. Because there is also that whole section of like, you know, toxic fan base. And where they break down like, well, we're definitely probably in the movie. They're talking about how toxic fan base ruins movies. And um, so... Again, there there are moments of interesting writing, and there are moments that I find enjoyable. I think the kills are great. Obviously, they I had a lot of fun with them. But it's I'm gonna sad to say that it's definitely probably the one in the franchise I don't see myself going back to. Yeah, honestly. I agree with you on that. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's, I agree. and I'm okay with that because like like I like Jason Voorhees. Uh, I like Friday the Thirteenth, but there are definitely two or three movies in that franchise I never go back to. Just and it's just. I'm okay with that knowledge. I'm okay with after five movies of a slasher series called Scream that there's probably going to be one I don't enjoy. So, yeah. yeah, small bag. Oh, yeah. I agree with you on that one. Absolutely. Like, uh, what can you expect to get out of a Scream 5? And this is exactly what we're getting. So, Well, you're probably going to get a Scream 6. There, yeah, there's I definitely know a room. They've God, already interviewed... The uh, the main uh, franchise, uh, Melissa Barrera. Uh, Barrera. I hope I'm saying that right. Whatever. She's excited to do it again. Of course. Um, you have obviously room for Billy's baby mama and her mom in there as yeah. well too. Like um, there's probably room for Stu's family in there as well. So there's there's yeah. there's a lot. You know, there's, there's, you've opened up a few new branches, although limited. There are, there are some there. And I will I say this. To, oh, go, I'm, 
All I oh. wanted to say was to get it off my chest, just get it off my chest so I can say yeah. that I finally said this during a show. Um, so we can end it before you do your thing, Brandon, is that um, I would be completely happy with just having a Scream 1. I mean, like, that movie ended in such a, a tight-knit, like, this all makes sense kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be completely happy living in a world, uh, a multiverse, if you will, of just Scream 1. Uh, but, uh, the trilogy is fine, you know, like scream one, two, and three, the trilogy is fine. Uh, but I'm really getting fearful now because I feel like they're really taking a, a, a franchise or just the first movie that I love and I hold near and dear to my heart. Um, they're just, they're just going to, like you've been saying, Eric, this whole time, this fast and furious franchise direction. And I don't want to go down this road. I don't want to go down it. So uh, that's my two cents on it. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. You have the final word here. Oh, I was just going to say the the Amber character played by Mickey Madison, I believe her name is. Uh, I found it funny that she caught, she got caught on fire in Scream 5, almost in the same vein as how she got caught on fire in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She did, did she make that she, connection? Yeah, right. she did. I'm wondering if that's becoming a, a, a clause in her contract now that, you know, she's like, I don't care. Even if it's a Pixar movie, I want to be set on fire. <laughs> it's true. I right, right, because she landed on the stove and immediately caught on fire. And I was like, I I had the immediate reaction thought, reactionary thought of Leonardo DiCaprio setting her on fire with a flamethrower. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about she was in that movie. Yeah. 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 All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Movie Guys Podcast. We appreciate it so much. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us here for this episode. Sure uh, thing, man. Everybody who's listening, you can check us out on social media, like always, or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, so on and so forth, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at MovieGuysPodcast.poppy.com to get other episodes just like this one. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.